Well, this is week four of the fight here at Birchridge, which really is um, not just a series, but really a season of preparation for the celebration that Easter Sunday will be. And so we've been walking through what it means to fight, right? We started by talking about what is it that we're actually fighting for? To say that there is something, there is some sort of bullseye, there is some sort of goal um, that we are fighting to get to, that we understand what it is we're fighting for. And then we, we say, so, so what's God trying to do, right? So it's part of what we're fighting for really is, is saying, God, we want you to get a hold of our lives. We want you to, to do in us what you long to do in us. So, so in this season of preparation, in this season of, 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 of listening prayerfully to you as we, as we prepare for Easter, uh, God, we want to know what you want. And then we want, to, we want to fight for that thing. And so we've been talking about what it is we're fighting for, but this week now we're going to start talking about what is it that, that the fight actually looks like, right? So, so, so we started by saying, what, is the, what are we fighting for? And now we're saying, what, what's that fight actually look like? And as a people, we are in a season in the, in the life of not just our church, but our community and the world around us where there is so much um, that, that causes fear. There is so much chaos. There is so much uncertainty. There are so many things that are changing so fast. And so we look and we say, well, if we're called to fight for something and if we're called to, to, to a fight, then, then what does that fight look like when we're, when we're living lives that are marked by fear? A few years ago, I read a book uh, called Fearless, actually. M Max Lucado wrote it. And there's a quote that has, over the last week, that has just been kind of bouncing around in my head as I remembered and I look and, and, at, the, at the way that the world is working right now. And Max Lucado wrote, wrote this. He said, when fear shapes our lives, safety becomes our God. We worship, we worship the risk-free life. He says, can the safety lover do anything great? Can the risk-averse accomplish noble deeds for God, for others? No, the fear-filled cannot love deeply. Love is risky. They cannot give to the poor because benevolence has no guarantee of return. The fear-filled cannot dream wildly. What if their dreams sputter and fall from the sky? The worship of safety emasculates greatness. He closes with this, no wonder, no wonder Jesus wages such a war against fear. And so we're talking about the fight, right? We're talking about, first of all, what it is we're fighting for. We're talking about what does that fight actually look like? And when it comes to fear, we looked at, and we see that the reality is it's, there's, there's several battlegrounds, or at least there's several fights that exist within this response to fear, right? Fear is natural. When, when something is, is, is uncertain, when there's chaos, that, that it is natural for us to feel fear. But the question is, what are we going to do with that fear? What are we going to do in response to that fear? Some of the battles that, that we find ourselves facing in this season may be uh, this idea of fear versus trust, right? Kind of the squaring off in our minds where, where we actually have to make a choice. Are we going to choose fear or are we going to choose trust? For us, maybe this is where our imaginations get the best of us because it's, it's sometimes easier for us to imagine a, a, the kind of the, the fearful outcome or it's easier to imagine things not working out well than it is for us to imagine that they might just work out okay, right? That, that it might actually uh, be okay, that, that, that God is actually going to show up for us. This is one of the questions. And, and so, so we, look at our, we look at our lives and we say, are we going to respond in fear or are we going to respond in trust? Or maybe are we going to find trust on the other side of or in the midst of fear? At our house, we have a saying in our home that um, my daughter, as we were talking through this passage this morning um, and just the, the message that, we, that we're going to be sharing, that um, she said, Dad, remember that, that thing that you, that you uh, helped me understand? She said this, the, the idea that, um, she said, remember you said it's, it's okay to wonder, 
but it's not okay to worry, right? It's okay to wonder about the outcome. It's okay to wonder when, when we look at a world that, that it just seems like so many things are not going the way that we expected them to go, or we're just not sure what the outcome is going to look like. It's okay to wonder how it's going to work out, but it's not okay, right? It's not okay to, to spend our time worrying about what that outcome is actually going to be. We talk fear versus trust, and we talk fear versus courage, right? Fear versus uh, courage, where we actually have to make a choice to, to choose, to choose uh, a courage over fear, because courage is actually very difficult. Fear is just a response to whatever it is that's right in front of us, where, where courage requires us to, to look ahead and to, and to imagine that, that what could be is, is maybe what better, is better than what is. It requires us to let go of comfort zones, right? Courage requires us to, to go into maybe some unknown kinds of places, to, to take steps into unknown circumstances. The problem is we're wired for certainty. We like to know how things are supposed to work out, or we, we like to know how things are going to work out. Courage requires us to overcome that wiring. It requires us to, to overcome this bent that we have, this kind of like natural gravitational pull towards certainty. We say, instead of that, we're gonna choose courage in the midst of fear and in the face of fear, we're gonna choose courage. Courage isn't rooted, by the way, in our own capacity. It's not, written, it's not rooted or dependent necessarily on our circumstances. What I've learned over the years and what I'm learning even in this season is that actually courage, um, courage it's often forged in the crucible of unexpected circumstances and in the crucible of, of difficult experiences that, that God then uses to, to shape us, to grow us, to, to help us respond more courageously in, in whatever circumstances might come our way. We choose or we fight the battle of fear versus trust. We fight the battle of fear versus courage. And, and we fight the battle, as Max Lucado was saying, of, of fear versus greatness or fear versus, of, of, versus the idea of, of dreaming great things. And we're not talking just great things that, that we've decided are, are, are the best for our lives. But we're saying we, we choose God's best for us. We choose greatness as defined by God. We, we choose God's best for our lives over, over the fear that would have us hold on to kind of what, what is without imagining that what could be is better. We settle. We settle for risk-free when God is offering something so much better. This great life that, that God has invited us to, this, this life that, um, that, that's marked by God's presence uh, in us and God's presence through us in the, in the world around us. And so this thought that's been bouncing in my head, this, this idea of what, what God's teaching me and I think what God's wanting to, to teach us as a church is, is that, that here we are in the midst of uncertain circumstances. Here we are in the midst of a season that, that could cause fear and has caused fear. But we look and we say, um, but what's the fruit of this, right? What's the, what's the outcome of all, of all of this? And I wrote in my notes, I said this, that, that maybe the fruit of all of this uh, isn't that we make it through, right? Maybe the fruit of all of this isn't that we make it through, but, but that we make it through better, right? That on the other side of the uncertainty, on the other side of what, what feels like kind of overwhelming fear is, is a better version of who we are, a more, like a more God-oriented way of living. It says, look, we understand now that circumstances don't matter quite like what we thought they did, that, that we're going to choose courage or we're going to choose to trust, even though, even though it would be easier, even though the gravitational pull in our lives would, would take us towards fear, that we emerge from this season of uncertainty um, marked by something better than just simply having gotten through, but we get through better. 
in Matthew chapter 10, Matthew is writing to a church that, that has experienced persecution or is, is, is facing significant persecution. And so Matthew is writing and he's, he's using the words of Jesus to encourage a, a group of people who, who were facing not just uncertainty, but were facing really the certainty of persecution. And so he's speaking and he's using, as he's writing this letter to his church, he's, he's, he's using the words of Jesus to, to give them a sense of, of peace in the midst of what feels like fear. And he says this, as he's writing Jesus' words, this is Jesus sending out the disciples and, and sending them out into the world and saying, this is what you can expect. And, and what he's describing, if you look at the first part of Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is talking about the certainty that they're going to face persecution, the certainty that, that there's going to be towns that stand against them, the certainty that, that they're going to be mistreated. But then Jesus in Matthew 10 verse 26 says this, so do not, so do not be afraid of them. He says, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. He says, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. He says, have no fear of them, right? Those, those people who would persecute, those people who are going to mistreat you, don't be afraid of that. He says, rather, rather understand that, that there is, there is like a connection that you have with me, that, that in the dark I, I, I will speak, that, that what I say to you, Right, your connection with me, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, will, will actually shape what you say to others, will shape how you respond to the circumstances that you face. It says that there's nothing that's covered that, that won't be revealed. What I tell you, bring to light. Right, even though it might be easier to be quiet, even though it'd be easier to say, how do I avoid painful circumstances? Or how do I, how do I avoid being mistreated? Jesus says, you have a responsibility. I'm going to speak and I'm going to ask you to be obedient. Are you going to be willing to do what it takes to share the story that I'm sharing with you? And then he continues. He says, do not be afraid. This is Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. He says, don't fear those who can kill the body, right? Which, which maybe for, for those that are getting ready to be sent out into this kind of the certainty of mistreatment, the certainty of persecution would maybe not be the most encouraging thing that, that Jesus could have said to them in that moment, right? In some ways, it'd be easier, I think, for, for them to step in courage if, if Jesus says, look, it's probably not gonna be as bad as you imagine, right? It's probably gonna be a little bit easier than what you think. But instead, Jesus says, there's going to be people and you might even feel like it. And, and for some of you, as he's speaking to his disciples, that he, he knew they were going to suffer death for his sake. So he says, don't be afraid of, of those circumstances, right? Of, these, of, 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 of those moments that, 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 that take all the courage that you have. He says, rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. In other words, don't be afraid of, of kind of the temporary circumstances but worry about the, the eternal things, right? If you're gonna have fear, have, have fear that's, that's marked by something more than just kind of the immediate circumstances of this world. The only fear really that as Jesus is speaking, as he wages this war against fear, the only fear that he seems to be okay with is, is a fear for, for what's next, right? Am I, am I pleasing the eternal one or am I focused on the temporary things? This would be maybe what we could describe as, as a holy fear. But then he follows, I think it's so beautiful that, that Jesus speaks this, this kind of like, maybe a part of the passage that would, that would invoke fear in all of us. But then he follows it with, with this beautiful truth about, not just about God, but about the way God sees us, about the way God relates to us. He says, are, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. 
Jesus follows this fear of God statement with, 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 with really what, the, with, with what would be the rest of the story. He says, God knows you, right? God cares about you. In other words, you are loved and you are valued. So much so. So much so that, that God sent his son to, to pay the price for you, to make a way for you, to, to say, I, God says, I, I value you and I love you so much. I'm going to send my son Jesus for you. This is Jesus, the one who was sent, now speaking to the disciples, saying, saying, look, you don't even realize, maybe, even though I'm standing right in front of you, you don't even realize how God values you. He says, so don't be afraid, right? You have not been abandoned. The, the God of the universe, the one who created all things, has looked upon you, and he loves you. And he looks upon you, and he loves you, and he cares about you, and he's not going to abandon you. Jesus speaking about having courage, about trusting in the midst of, of circumstances that are less than ideal. But he says, for us to understand, first of all, who God is, for us to understand what God has done for us, and then to understand how we live in response to that, changes everything for us, changes the way we see all of these things. And so, so the question of fear really becomes something deeper than that. It's about more than just, am I afraid? But it becomes actually a question of worship. Are we worshiping God and what God has for us, or are we worshiping this risk-free life, as Max Lucado describes at the beginning of, uh, described in the in the quote at the beginning of this message? Are we worshiping God, or are we worshiping the risk-free life? And that shows up in, in some key battles, and um, it starts with the the battle of fear and trust. That that there is this not just a tension that exists in us, but there is a battle that is waging within us that says, "Am I going to respond in fear, or am I going am I going to trust?" What we're really talking about is, is a question of control. Can we, can we trust God, right? Can we trust God if, if we want to retain control of the outcome, right? Or, or are we gonna be afraid of what, of what the outcome might be? Fear clings to control of the outcome. For us, some of us, it, it might be that it, it, it clings to a more despairing view of, of, of what it might actually be, what the outcome might look like, that, that it's, it's, it's an anxious response because we're worried and we're, we're imagining that the, that the outcome is, is something that's going to be incredibly difficult. And fear clings to that outcome and says, I, I can't see it any other way. And so all I can do is respond in fear because I, because I think I know how this is going to work out. Or it could be that that fear is, is, is clinging to control of the outcome because it's, it's desiring a preferred outcome that, that doesn't require much of us, that, that gets us exactly what we want out of the circumstance. And in some ways, it's, it's saying, look, I'll go through the difficult thing, but, but I better get what I want on the other side of this. It's fear versus trust, which is really a battle for control of the outcome. And for us to say, we're, gonna, we're going to respond in, in trust, which is an act of worship in the midst of uncertainty, right? It's an act of worship saying, God, I trust that you've got this. I trust, I trust you for the outcome of, of what this battle looks like. I trust you for the outcome of, of this season of uncertainty. That it's fear, it's fear versus courage. Which is, which is also a question of control, fear versus courage. It's, it's actually a question of control. It's, it's control of the process, right? It's like we may be able to surrender what the outcome looks like, saying, look, all right, God, you've got this. You're, you're in control of this. I, I trust that the outcome will be what you want. But when we start to talk about courage versus fear, we start to, to talk about this idea that, that look, we, we may surrender the outcome, but we don't want to surrender the control of the process. That we want God to, to have his way in our lives, but, but we'd like to be in control of how exactly he does that. To, to live courageously means that we surrender the, 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 we surrender the process that God uses to get us to where God wants us to be. 
because we would tend to respond to the, that kind of uncertainty, that kind of moment with, uh, or at least the, the idea of control of the process by, by saying, well, I'll, I'll go where God wants me to go, but I don't want to go through anything that requires anything of me, right? I don't want to do anything that requires courage. And so this battle rages and, and the battle lines are drawn in us. And the question is, will we respond in fear or will we respond in courage? Will we say, God, I, I trust you not just with the outcome, but I trust you with the process as well. And then this morning we talk as we continue with, with this idea of, of the battle lines, the, the battlegrounds of fear. That We have this idea that maybe is a new one for us to think about is this idea of fear versus greatness. And not greatness that, 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 that would be marked by what we desire, greatness by what, that's marked by what we would define as great, but God's best for our lives. And so we look and we say, what does it look like for us to, to surrender control, right? Because this is also, it's also a battle of control. It's also a battle of wills. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle of control of the possibilities, right? Control over the possibilities. What's possible? Can, can we even imagine that, that God could accomplish something great in our lives? That, that God could do something beyond what, what we might even expect him to do? Our sense Really, what we're surrendering is our sense of, of the best possible outcome. Is it, is it our sense of what it should be, or is it, is it God's sense of what it should be? The reality is, what we're seeing, even as, as we navigate as a community, the, the uncertainty and the chaos of, of, this, of this season as we deal with a viral outbreak in the, in, around the world, is that, is that God's best for us is also God's best for what's around us, right? What's best for us is, is best for what's around us as well. What's, what's good for us is, is good for what's around us. So we say, God, what is it you're trying to do? God, what is it you're trying to accomplish in me? What is it that, that would be your best for me? And then we recognize that, that what's best for us is going, to be what, is, is going to be what's best for the world around us as well. As, as God gets a hold of us, as, as God is able to use us more and more to, to accomplish his will in the world around us. That God's best for us, for us to be living in his will, means that, that the world around us is, is marked by something better too. Maybe, maybe for some of us, our fear is actually blunting our imagination of what could be. That we look and we, we say, well, it's just a matter of, of getting through this season. What if we said, instead of getting through, we're going to get through better? The Max Lucado quote that I read at the beginning of this message has been, has been um, not just like being brought to mind or brought to memory for me, but it's, it's, it's messing with me. It's, it's capturing my imagination, saying, what would it look like for us to, to live fearlessly in this moment? For us, as, as, for, for me, for, for my family, for our church, for this community to to imagine a, a what could be that's, that's better than, than what is, that, that on the other side of all of this, the things that we're walking through, that, that we emerge not just as survivors, but we emerge as, as, as better. So for us as a church, for, our, for us as Birchridge, to, to say we have navigated something that was completely unexpected, right? We have, we have been walking through a season where um, we, we didn't predict this. This was not in anyone's five-year plan or one-year plan or anything. We, we, there was no part of this that says this is what this is supposed to look like or what this is going to look like. And yet, yet we're faced with an opportunity to say, will we trust God in these circumstances? Will we trust God in this moment? Because on the other side of this, it's just, it's a question of are we going to get through or are we going to get through better? Because it's a question of worship, right? Do we worship God or do we worship the risk-free life?
And so this morning, my challenge for you is that, is that we make this season, um, this season of uncertainty, an act of, an act of worship, and really a season of growth, saying, God, what is it you're trying to teach me? Right? That, that what is it that you're trying to do as, we've, as we have from, from before any of this was, was really on our radar at all as a, as a response that we were going to have to make as a church? We, we were already asking the question, God, what is it you want to do in us, and, and how do we get in on that? And so now we look at a new set of circumstances and, and what, what feels uncertain for us. And we say, so in this moment, in this season, God, what is it you're trying to do in us now? And so it's, it's an act of worship. When, when we respond and we say we're going to live without fear, then, then that, that means that, that we take courage, that we actually give God glory for being in control, that we give God the, the opportunity to, to, to work in our lives and through our lives, to, to choose to live without fear is, is, is an act of worship in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of, of, a, of a season and of a context that, that inspires fear. To love without fear is an act of worship, not just an act of survival. It's an act of compassion. It's, it's focusing on other people and not just on ourselves. That, that it doesn't mean that, that, we, that we don't take care of ourselves. It doesn't mean that, that we're unwise with how we respond to this, but we say, so what does it look like for us to also care for others? To say, God, I wanna make sure that, that I'm getting out of this season what you want me to get out of this season, but I also wanna make sure I'm taking care of people like, like you want me to take care of them as well to live without fear as an act of worship, to love without fear as an act of worship, to, to give without fear as an act of worship, to, to spend our time taking care of each other, to, to check in on each other, to make sure that, that, that everybody has what they need in this season, not that we can answer every, every question or, or solve every problem, but we say, so we wanna make sure we're there for each other. This is what generosity looks like. This is, this is open-handedness, trusting that, that if God asks us to give, if, if God is asking us to meet a need, then, then he's going to provide for us whatever it is that, that we need to be able to accomplish that. Which also means for some of us, we, we are horrible at actually asking for help. And so we could be, uh, we could be standing in the way of somebody's obedience by, by not making others aware of the needs that we have. So let's have the courage not just to, 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 to give without fear, but, but to, to make each other aware of the needs that we have. And we give without fear and we dream without, without fear, which is hope, right? To be a people that, that live in hope, to, to dream that, that it's, it's, it's not just a matter of surviving this season, but it's a matter of getting on the other side and looking back and saying, look what God did, look what he taught us, look what, look what, look what he did to, to move me forward spiritually in a season of uncertainty, to not just get through, but get through better. And so my encouragement this morning is this, that, that we will get through this, right? We will get through this, but, but let's get through this better.